What's going on, golf addicts? Welcome to the Mayakoba 2022 DFS show. DB here. I got my boy Jeff Feinberg. You know who he is. What's up, Jeff? Thanks for joining, buddy. Oh, man. Anytime. Always good to join. Uh, you know, people consider me some sort of original person in this space, but you, you, you are. You know, you guys go go even before me. I, you know, so it's it's crazy to think how far. You know, this whole game has sort of gone since we both, uh, you know, went with a buddy w- into a room with a microphone and a camera. But here we are, man. Yeah, Still you're going. right. You're right. We're the old we're the old farts in the business now, aren't we? Um, yeah, I mean, there are a few olders that you'll always salute. But uh, yeah, I know I couldn't name one hand more. On one hand, I couldn't count the amount of content that was out there sort of in that um, very probably nearly identical timelines to you guys and and obviously pat and i like to joke and um uh that uh being mayo's dingleberry has been one of the best things that that's ever happened happened to me so uh yeah yeah let's go maybe we're all pat's dingleberries at some you know at some level maybe we're all just doing that (laughs) (laughs) um Hey, listen, uh, I'm excited to have you on, uh, Pat. You know, Halloween's a big deal in, in my Pat's world. It's kind of weird if you ask me. Adults loving Halloween the way they do, but, you know, he, he does. So I didn't remember if a show had ever fallen on a, on a, on a Halloween night, but I'm sure it has in the last seven years. So I'm, I'm grateful to have you on this lovely Tuesday morning. Um, if, if anybody watched my show yesterday, you know I'm, I'm like a little under the weather. I got something in Miami. And so I'm just battling through. So if I'm hacking or spitting or coughing on the, just deal with it. You know what I mean? It's a Mayakoba. Like, what are, what are we doing? But I, I always kind of joke. I, I love the, I love, I love the swing season in the sense that come Sunday, whatever sort of happens in golf, it all just sort of falls into like the pile of like my football bets yeah. or my football yeah. DFS that it's just this one giant smorgasbord so if i get you know taken down on the outrights it's just like it just feels like it was another football game sure. that i lost it doesn't i don't know it doesn't like losing the bets don't have the same impact in in some way and i try not to um get careless with that but it's just the reality of the situation yeah well i mean your your units spread around a little differently in the nfl season um I, I definitely feel that, and you know we can't we can't gamble legally here in, in Georgia, but um, I definitely feel that you know I'm losing all the time in fantasy football too and DFS football, so it I, I kind of get that it it helps soften the blows a little bit, but um, I, I I am interested in this field at Mayakoba. You've got a, a, a decently there feels like a little depth to the field uh, here in in Mayakoba. This will be the last year we see the PGA Tour play at this Greg Norman design um i don't know if it's fully out there but i was told um on the record uh last week at a live event that that my coba has struck a deal with live and the live mexico event will be at this golf course next year probably in august so we will see my coba again but we will not see the pga tour at my coba um i don't it'll be interesting to see if that's if that actually makes the broadcast at some point i doubt it but or if that breaks news at some point but Interesting to see, nonetheless. Um, uh, yeah, I sort of took your little tidbit and, and ran with it a bit yesterday, and oh, it did. seemed like it makes total yeah, total it's... sense. I mean, you connect the dots, yeah. And even on your follow up point, like in a world if live, even in eight years, if that's like, I, I don't know, this probably a, this probably the last chance uh, for this place. I cannot see them coming back if there is a deal with with live and i'm curious to see that live schedule come out because i'd like to go to an event here in in toronto but victor's yep. got to catch that three peat yep victor's got to got to catch the three peat at Mayakoba. we know this course really familiar with this course as always brought to you by our friends at fantasy national fantasynational.com slash tj to get 20 percent off any membership level weekly monthly or annual memberships available where you need to go for all your dfs and betting tools you know all the tricks all the optimizers ownership projections run your models mixed condition models just go crazy with models on fantasy national it's we've been using them for five six years now it's the one-stop shop it's all you need if you're betting on golf or playing dfs golf in any capacity 
uh, have a leg up. FantasyNational.com slash TJ gets you 20% off. Tell them the tour junkies sent you. We appreciate Fantasy National. Um, <clears throat> Jeff, I know, you know, I see you as like the, the, the gambling, like the betting guy, right? Like I know you probably prefer bets, and I know I have you on here on the DFS show. So we're going we're gonna to work through it a little bit today. And if you want to throw out some bets, feel, feel free. Um, but let's start at the top of the board on DraftKings with Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, Finau, Aaron Wise, and Billy Ho sneaking in the 10K range. I found it interesting that the, the pricing, the pricing is a little different than we've seen in a lot of these fall events. Have we had anyone crack 11,000 on DraftKings in the fall? I don't, I don't know that we have. Um, and you got Scotty at 11.4 in this field. Um, so I guess the first question I, I'm, I've been asking lately in the 10K range, 9K range, where do we think people are, are already leaning? Where's, where's, where's ownership leaning so far? And on, dra- on uh, Fantasy National right now, early projections show a lot of lean towards Tony Finau, um, Tom Hoagie, which surprises me a little bit, and Emiliano Grillo. I guess Hoagie surprises me a little bit, not because he's not playing well, but it, it does feel like, it, it feels like a little bit of a, uh, it, it doesn't feel great to pay that for Tom Hoagie, much less uh, probably either um, some of the guys in this range as Brendan Todd at 9K, I would say, is, feels a little strange too. But that's where the, the chalk is falling for now. What do you think about that? What do you think are some interesting pivots that you'd like to, uh, to maybe zero in on in this range? Well, you did kind of bring it up, so I'll just throw it out of the gate. You know, I know people get annoyed by the term like first click, but the first bet I made this week, well, outside of my love affair with Detri, which maybe we can get yeah. to, and I can't quit him, love and Detri. I joke that he's the European fee now. Mm. It's just always contending, never winning, strong field, weak field, like he just contend. But I love Grio this week, so the ninety-one yeah. makes a ton of sense to me. The form has kind of been on. Un- as good as anybody in this field since that John Deere. And the results have been there. He's been circling around the winner's circle. Uh, I bet him at 40 to 1. I can see why the ownership's high. And a lot of the things I have made, uh, I have a lot of griot and might be tempted to not double dip with the outright and the extended ownership. But going up to the 10Ks, I totally see why Finau would be the popular uh, Juan Finau and Morikawa just trying to squeeze, uh, you know, just get a little, pay a little less premium for guys with the, you could argue, the ceiling of a, a Scheffler or a Hovland, you know, when they do bring it. It'll be interesting to see how that Aaron Wise plays out. Yeah. Because sort of like the mm-hmm. betting market and a lot of the content I did yesterday, it's like, how can I bet Aaron Wise or how do I roster Aaron Wise at that number when I can just pay a little bit more and I can get Finau or Morikawa. That's where my head just goes yeah. on that. But in the DFS sense, that could be a door um, left a little more wide open than we would have thought on Sunday night. Because a lot of that Sunday night chatter was people like really excited about, about Aaron Wise's prospects for this week. So it was probably a big kick in the nut to see where he showed up on the DFS pricing and that betting board. Well, I'm a huge Aaron Wise fan uh, most of the time, but I see your Aaron, Ra- Aaron Wise discussion, and I raise you a Billy Horschel. I talked about this last uh, yesterday on my first impressions, kind of first betting, first click show, which, by the way, Grillo was an immediate first click at 50 to 1 yesterday oh, yeah. morning at like 10 a.m., 10.30 when I started that show on BetMGM. He was 50 to 1. Uh, we went ahead and locked all, all that in. So I'm with you on Grillo. <clears throat> um, but, but, so Aaron Wise and Billy Ho were at 20 to 1 yesterday on, on FanDuel. I think it was the best number you could get them. And as I'm talking through it on the show live, like working through it, from an outright standpoint, it just feels like if gun to my head, who do I trust more to close the door on a Sunday, Billy Horschel or Aaron Wise? And for me, it's Billy Horschel, as much as I can't stand the, the, the gator in him. But, um, and so when I look at the ownership projections, early projections, at least on Fantasy National for now, show Aaron Wise in that 16, 17% range. Um, but he's actually in 22% of actual generated fantasy national lineups where Billy Horschel is in about the 12 and a half projected ownership and only in four and a half percent of projected fantasy national lineups. I'm actually very happy to have the Billy Horschel pivot here, uh, off of Aaron wise in DFS. If he stays suppressed down there, I mean, we talk about El Chameleon. We know that it's, this, this is a driving accuracy number first golf course. You've got to put it in the fairway. That's something 
Billy Horschel definitely does. Aaron Wise is pretty good at it, too. He's a bomber. He's probably going to club down on a few holes. He's going to make sure the ball finds a fairway. Uh, Billy Ho's got a tremendous record here at this golf course. So I, I really like the pivot to Billy Horschel here um, at 10K. If I'm going above that, which <clears throat> I honestly could see myself having lineups where um, you know, I start at Billy Ho and, and go down. Um, but if I'm, if I'm pivoting up, I think I'm just going to go straight, straight up to Hovland. I, I talked about Hovland yesterday on the show. He was 10 to one. Um, I, I've been doing this thing lately now, Jeff, cause I, I just can't, I can't bring myself to strictly bet a 10 to one guy. I just, I just can't do it. So I've been pairing it with some sort of NFL parlay. Oh, and, okay. and yesterday, the one I did was a, a Nick Chubb anytime touchdown with Victor Hovland, which took me up to like 19 to one. And I, I got the yeah. Chubb touchdown last night. So I'm in on Hovland and DFS, uh, and, I, and I'm in on Hovland betting market-wise. I have some doubts about Morikawa, right? Like, just the, the, it feels like, I talked about this yesterday, like we know golfers kind of go through these cycles. Even the best in the world go through these cycles where stuff just isn't quite all there. And it feels like there's a little bit of that for Morikawa. It could be overblown. I could be overreading some things. But he just doesn't feel like the same guy to me. I hate, I wish I could, you know, come, come back at you with anything there, but I love everything you said because I'm one of those guys that is very much pro Hovland and I can myself get suckered into sometimes making those parlays. If I love a football <laughs> game, like if I love it, I'm going to bet a lot on it. And then let's say I take like 12% of that bet and I say, I'm going to parlay it with a golfer I love. And when that football game loses, do you think I'm thinking about that? like eight, yeah. 12, 14% stake that I lost on the parlay. No, I am not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just like thinking about the, the amount that I actually lost on betting that game by itself. Sure. Uh, now I'm probably telling you something that a, <laughs> like a DJ you know, better can sometimes do. Cause you got to talk yourself into things and the methodical, like pro gambler will be like, you're an idiot. Yeah. You're just an idiot. Yeah. Like, that take is so stupid. You have no idea how stupid you are. Nobody's well, claiming to be a pro gambler. I don't on bet professional. Yeah. <laughs> I bet for fun. Yeah. So like, I don't get into that and I just stress betting responsibly and within your means. So I love all that. I can't combat you on the Morikawa because to me, it feels wrong. Uh, I would take Billy over Morikawa. I do like that. Both of them have been playing a lot. It feels. Yeah. Um, so on the pro Morikawa side, I will say like it just, He's been playing a lot and you can like, if you want to bet him, you're just like, no, like it's going to, he's playing enough. He's just snapping through it yeah. and it's just going to happen. And I'm not really going to argue against that at a course like this at all, but I'm not here for it. I'd rather, and I see he's very popular in the outright market this week, but I don't know. I would, I, it's not even somewhere where my head is going. I really want to see him snap out of it before i bet it that being said we all know more cow's ability to just straight have insane yeah. spikes yeah where you're probably gonna miss it and i'll have to accept that i am not yeah i am not there with it at all well, at all so um, we've yeah. talked about a lot of names up here we've obviously not mentioned scotty scheffler yet and you know which he also appears to be like billy horschel kind of the pivot move early in projections on fantasy national right now projected around 13 percent uh, that's obviously a move, right? Scotty's, you know, has a chance to, you know, kick Rory right back off that world number one spot uh, if he wins this week, I believe. So, you know, definitely continue to keep an eye out on ownership projections as always. We'll talk through those things too in the Nut Hut chat live tomorrow night. Uh, I will be in on that. But Jeff, I want to bring up a couple more names in this 9K range though. Does it feel like, and I said this yesterday looking through the betting board, Seamus Power was 50 to 1. Crazy. yesterday i don't know where he is now i haven't looked at this he's morning still like 40 50 i didn't bet that's it but insane. i stared at it and i was like i didn't bet it but i was just like that is a good number and i it's embarrassing to say uh and i was happy to see the bump this morning but i'm the like loser out here betting taylor montgomery 35 40 to <laughs> one um well there is a Seamus power sitting out there in the 40s and 50s like Oh, that will be a kick in the nuts, and it'll yeah. make you feel extra stupid if power is contending again. But I'm just not – I don't know why uh, I'm just not there. Like, uh, I don't even – I'm not there. He didn't even survive many cuts as I try to formulate my card. Like, I got rid of him quickly despite the number. 
So he was right there yesterday on the first click show. So there were three of them there. Grillo, who we've already mentioned, he was at 50 to 1. I think the best number I found on Detry was 45. We're going to get into him here in a second. And then Seamus was at 50 to 1. All three of those was like, man, all three of these we're, we're going to hit. I mean, but, but Seamus specifically, you know, you know, we've definitely done this in the past. You know, I've been on the right side of it. I've been on the wrong side of it where you, you overthink the, the guy who just won, right? Um, and you go, no, 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 I'm out. Or you, or you, just, you just know that the guy's not going to win in back-to-back years, and then Victor Hovland does it again, or freaking Matt Every does it, right? Um, so we definitely have overthought some of these things in the past. But when I look at Seamus especially, so say what you want to about whether you can click on him in the betting side. But at 9,300, he should be priced, coming off the victory at a place like, like Bermuda, which is very similar to this golf course. Yeah. Um, coming off that victory and... He should be priced above Mav McNeely, above Tom Hoagie, above yes. Taylor Montgomery. He should be yeah. priced above all those guys. And Fantasy Nationals' early projections have him at 5.5% ownership. That is a slam dunk. Even if you can't get there on the outright card or there's too many guys in that range you've already got exposure to, you, you know, you're, you're out. I get it. But from a DFS standpoint, I think it's crazy if we ignore Seamus Power at 5% at 9,300. I, I totally agree with all of it. And to just put a, you know, some gasoline on it, despite not being a part of it. Look at what's happened in the last like, year and a half in golf. Like guys win yeah. and they stay hot. Guys win and they used to like take time off because they won. Yeah. You're like, no, I'm in form. I'm playing well. I'm going to just play the shit out of this. And there's, um, and there's more money being thrown out there now, too. So it's like, let, let, me keep, let me keep going. Let me get the bag while I can get it. So, and I am one of those people and historically it really never backfired on like seeing guys win and just stepping away. Like we saw Bryson do it in the FedEx cup a few years ago, which was a very, um, quite an achievement. Yeah. It was really something that if you just took that strategy, it didn't really hurt you at all. And then between what happened this year with the Scheffler and Finau, and I'm probably missing another couple guys that just won and and just stayed at the top week after week sam burns feels like another um yeah i i but i'm silly i'm um i don't know yeah i'm too i'm i don't know what's wrong with me but i i'm not a part of it i'm not part of it maybe you'll come around by by the end of the week all right let's get to uh let's get to the 8k range before we before we hit the 8k range we talk about our boy detry let jeff let jeff go crazy on detry a little bit um, I want to play a quick video for the people. Uh, check this out. That early morning tea time is coming, so instead of hitting the snooze button, let me show you how to revolutionize your day with Front Nine Coffee. Because I know you don't want to watch a three-minute video. We preheated the water, got out all the equipment, pre-soaked the filter. I just didn't grind the coffee. Everybody needs a good caddy. The most important part of the perfect cup of coffee is the pour. Making sure you have the right amount of water is essential to the perfect cup of coffee. Remember, you're not pouring water over coffee beans. You're pouring water over the beans of life. Just remember to do it in small, tight circles. Congratulations. Now that the brewing process is over, you have yourself the perfect cup of coffee. What makes it perfect, you ask? Not the process, the beans. It's nice having a good caddy. Yeah! Shout out Pat Perry, his acting debut in Front Nine. We appreciate those guys. Listen, if you guys want to uh, support us and support a local company in Augusta trying to do big things on a national scale in the world of coffee and golf, check out FrontNineCoffee.com. That's Front, the number nine, coffee.com. And uh, use promo code TJ10. Get yourself 10% off any order and your entire order. And go check out our own blends of coffee. Mine is still continuing to be a, a hot seller in the streets. If you guys haven't checked mine out, you got DB's Bucket of Nuts. It's a lovely hazelnut blend. It's everything you want in a delicious tasting coffee. Or you could check out Pat's Bump and Run. It's a Milano, Espresso Milano. It's a little bolder, a little stronger. We all know how you know Pat's kind of aggressive at times. So uh, check that out. Front9coffee.com, promo code TJ10. Jeff, we need to send you some Front9 coffee. They, they actually ship to Canada too. Anywhere in the U.S. and Canada. They'll, they'll, they'll roast it when you order it. Then they'll ship it to you in a couple of days, show up at your door. We'll get you some. Love that. I was very much into that commercial. <laughs> Look at Pat. He was doing his thing, wasn't he? All right. Um, 8K range. 
We're going to get to Detri. So far, this looks like a range, um, you know, as it, as it has been a lot so far in the fall swing, where it's kind of a dead zone. And early projections on Fantasy National would, uh, would lead us to believe that Detri is the more popular play here, but still only around 14% is the calculated ownership, and the actual lineup-generated ownership is around 6 so maybe if Detri falls below that range, or you know, he's probably going to be in that 12 to 13, 14 range at the end of the day. But other than that, there looks to be a little steam on Russell Henley and maybe a little on KH Lee, but there's not a whole lot of love down here. But we both love Detri. Talk to me about, about your, your, uh, your European Tony Fino. Yeah, I mean, I just can't quit the guy. I yeah. bet him all the time. And sort of, I just feel like I'm on the exact same experience i was with tony finau just on like a european scale those those like rolex series events with some of the bigger names you see his name pop at the top the worst most pathetic fields you see him like contending finishing you know t5 and i and even in his early run here since acquiring his <clears throat> his card and and being great in the corn Ferry playoffs and just turning that into great finishes and FedEx cut points for himself and money for himself, but I'm not one of those people who are each weighing them either. It just feels like I'm on that Finau ride again and sort of <laughs> like Finau. I mean, listen, there's nothing that happened in the majors. I'm making a joke. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a late bloomer. Yeah. Like he's not young. Um, you know, even since he, he started contending a, a couple years ago, he's already, I believe he could be flirting with 30. Um, Oh, geez. When I open his profile on Fantasy National, it's not, you know, hmm. I'm looking for like, uh, it's not like Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, it's just, it feels so much to me like the Finau experience I was on for years and just betting the guy, always contending, can never quit, whether he's the, you know, near the chalk in horrible European field events or, you know, above 50, 60, 70 in, field events where some of the bigger names show up and even off having great form you see four or five elite players decide to play and he's 50 to one and you think i'm not gonna bet like yeah yeah so and actually I said first click rio first click rio was like my real bet because thomas detry was like a blind i can't whatever the number is yeah <laughs> yeah we're just staying on this train he yeah. would have had to be in the aaron wise tom hoagie range for me to like maybe not bet him yep no if he was in the hoagie range i'd bet him aaron the aaron wise range would have what it would take and so yeah i'm in on any number um love that I, i'm a mental i'm a, like yeah i'm not mentally strong enough to not be part of it no so, we, we we all have yeah. a lot of guys like that for us right so our friend at golf tips checker who uh consumes a lot of content tells you who is betting on who Says Detri, the most tipped guy this week is his stance. I mean, like I said, I started off with him yesterday morning too at fifty to one. Jeff's on him, and a lot of people apparently on him, which would would lead me to believe maybe the ownership number on Fantasy National is more accurate around that fifteen. Oh, the 16%. most tipped guy, yeah, yeah. So this is horrible. No, it's, I this mean, is the week. This no, this is bad. We this can, is we could all win together, where... Jeff. We could all win together. No, this is more likely to be the week where now, like, oh, T2, he's in four and 50 to one, great number. This is when, like, everybody is now getting on the train, mm. and it's going to be one of those huge, like, laughing stock, you know, Friday people <laughs> mocking the Detri gang <laughs> on Twitter because it's just been a horrible experience. But I'll be back next week. Talking him I, up again. <laughs> like, I'll be back. If there's heartbreak, like, I don't know, RSM, Houston, I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back. Yeah, yeah. We got some folks in the chat watching live. Jackie Paper says, yeah, Detri's going to break my heart. There's no doubt about it. But listen, listen, it, it makes all the sense in the world. It's the, it's, it is a smart bet, you know, 50 to 1. From a DFS standpoint, you know, 14, 15% if you have that kind of conviction on a guy. I mean, we've seen so much chalk play so well in the last 12 to 18 months. He may be chalk worth eating for sure. I guess as we continue to look in the 8K range, are there any other pivots in here that are interesting to you? I talked about KH Lee yesterday. I think he was a bet for me at 60 to 1. Uh, I feel like that was a pretty good number on KH Lee. I mean, does well in a birdie fest. This isn't going to be a 26 under, you know, AT&T Byron Nelson, but 
Uh, really liked his last showing. I can't remember what is what the last tournament he played. Where where was he? Um, Might have been out of the President's CJ. Cup when a bunch of those guys played really well. Yeah, CJ Cup finished third, gained strokes across every category. I think he gained eight and a half strokes ball striking. Um, I think KH Lee's kind of taken a little. I think he's kind of taken a, a step up, a little baby step since the since the second win at the Byron Nelson. You know, I think a player like him, you get that first win, and you you may even. I mean, we talked to players about this. Like they they wonder. Was it fluky? Can I do it again? And I think for a guy like KH uh, to, to do it again and get it done, uh, you know, even though it was at the same golf tournament, and then make the President's Cup, have a good showing there, kind of, I feel like this guy's kind of going to take a step. And, and maybe not many people are noticing or paying attention. So I do like KH Lee in this range. Other than that, I mean, I can see some names that I would potentially be interested I, to pivot to, but I, I don't love this spot. <sighs> I could be one of these suckers that overexposes himself on DraftKings to Putnam. Uh, I have this a deep week. Putnam affection. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, the, I struggle uh, with Putnam. 8,100, kind of calling my, my name. He has had some, some quality performances. <clears throat> I mean, if you look at his fantasy national, I, off the tee is killing him. But if we're clubbing down this week, yeah. um, we could be okay. And if you consider this, He's in the last 24 rounds, he's 123rd in this field off the tee, which is, oh, that sounds horrible. That sounds horrible. Um, but if he's, um, he's, he's seventh in, uh, sorry, where was I just looking? In Tita Green, he's 39th. So in somehow he is um, oh, his accuracy. Over, overcoming that horrible off the tee game. In it, and if he can club down this week and maybe it doesn't hurt him as much. Uh, but I, I also know that when I get myself on Putnam, he's going to put one in the jungle. Like yeah. that, that's the problem here too, right? We're just straight into jungle. So the bad one is gonna, gonna hurt you and you're going to leave birdie opportunities on the course. But at 8,100, I am staring at Putnam and I can't imagine many people at all are going to own Alex Noren. I could assume maybe he could be the lowest owned player in mm. the eight thousands. Is that what the early projections are showing? Let's see <clears throat> in the eight thousands, early, early projections show like Adam had went around 4%, but Noren at three. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't. So at 8,500, there's just some, um, yeah, there's a lot of things that aren't looking too pretty for that sort of price. Yeah. On on the Andrew Putnam train, like I want to pull this up on Fantasy National. Like, look at, I mean, obviously the guy sucks on strokes game because his driving distance is terrible. Like, if you look at his driving distance, fairways gain splits on Fantasy National, he doesn't hit the ball very far at all. He's one of the shorter hitters on the PGA Tour, but hits a ton of fairways um, with driver. And I think on a course like El Camillion, it could, it, it could really be. This could be a spot where we see. Um, a guy like him who's still able to hit driver in the fairway where other guys have to club down to get the ball in the fairway could be an advantage for him. I know he hasn't played well here in the past, but I, it does feel like, speaking of like taking another step, it does feel like we're at least getting like pretty hot Andrew Putnam right now. You know what I mean? Like he's yes. been extremely and, and consistent. Think, and I think people are betting him because I saw 75s yesterday and now those, those have been replaced with like 60 to ones. Mm -hmm. Um, across the board. So I think there was some, some early action on him, uh, yesterday. I, I think KH Lee is going to be incredibly popular. You did. I know, uh, tips checker was talking earlier about the Dietrich betting tips. I think KH Lee, uh, in my opinion, has to be showing up in the top three, four or five top tipped, uh, players this week from, from a lot of the betting content that mm. I've taken in through the day and a half. Okay, well, then maybe he, he creeps up a little bit more on the, on the DFS side than we thought. Uh, so that's probably it for me in the 8K range. You got anybody else you want to you talk through here? Not really. Um, yeah, I'll be sort of skipping this, this range because, yeah. That brings us it. to Patrick Rogers. What, do you, what are your thoughts on Patrick Rogers, Jeff? As a guy who's been in this game for a long time, we've, we've all been – you know, in bed with Patrick Rogers many, many weeks in the last well, five to seven. Years. Yeah. I mean, like to date us, I guess he was as in that timeline, we sort of spoke about off the top. He was the top, like the number one 
prospect, you know, would have been first overall pick in just like an NBA draft, NFL draft yeah. sort of term, right? And he was the top am, and I don't know. I'll be happy for him when he wins. I'm not a guy that bets him. I haven't missed anything. He's got a bit of his his um, fan club. In the 7,000s, I am more interested in, uh, and I saw it in the comments, uh, people mentioning, and I agree, like, Davis Riley, he's sort of fallen down a bit. Maybe this could be a good time and a fair price, both in what you were paying to to roster him and you can bet him in that 80, I think, to one range as well. He has drifted far enough down where I think it starts to make maybe a lot of sense. Yeah, Riley's interesting to me. Um, It does feel like his, his ceiling is way up there. Uh, but he's, you know, he's definitely seemingly um, fallen out of some form here uh, lately. But um, definitely a name that carries a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of action there. I mean, I, I think so far up here in this top range on Fantasy National, your most popular players appear to look like Hayden Buckley at seventy-five, um, Aaron Rise catching a little bit around eleven, and Lauer at twelve, which kind of makes me excited for. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Riley; he's projected around five percent on Fantasy National right now, but. Uh, Sebastian Munoz to me at seven and a half percent is very intriguing. I'm looking his way. And then I've been trying to come around. I've been trying to be one of the first ones to knock down the Harris English door again, since he's kind of come back off of this injury. Um, because I mean, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to just all of a sudden show up and be the Harris English that he was before he got injured. But I mean, Harris English was setting the world on fire before he, he really got hurt. Like the, the, the top level game is in there. And if he's starting to come back around, he's definitely played a lot more here in the fall, which has been good to see. Uh, English is, is enticing to me as well as Munoz up here in the top. Uh, I know Pat's a big Aaron Rye guy. Uh, Justin Lauer, this seems like another great spot for him. Kind of a, a short hitter's course, putting, making birdies. Um, you know, and and I, I like him. I don't know that I like a 12% Justin Lauer, but I'm interested. Um, any other names up here in like the 7,500 or above spot? Uh, Burmeester, yep. I think, could be uh, a little sneaky. He's starting to come around. Um, that's one I wouldn't mind. Jackie. And where did I <laughs> Jackie's got some nice comments in the chat today. Uh, Burmeester was sort of the one that I was staring at, even at like 70, 80 to 1 yeah. on a betting situation. He is a uh, he is a flush my right? like he's not going to be able to hit driver anywhere here. Maybe on a couple of the par fives because he hits it long. He's longer than Detry, isn't he? Uh, probably. I would I would think, I think so. Burmester bombs it. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's probably it for me. I know people are asking about JT Poston in the chat. <sighs> JT concerns me a little bit with the accuracy. Like his strokes gain off the tee numbers. He's not gained strokes gained off the tee in his last seven events. Um, and I don't love that. I don't love that at all. Like, he's, he's lost it a little bit with the driver. He's not a long hitter, but the, the, the fairways gain numbers aren't great for JT Poston. I don't love it. Um, he could certainly find it and, and have a great week, but I don't love Poston here. I see some people asking about him in the chat. Um, as we work down, lower 7K range. You got guys like uh, Francesco's here. I didn't, even, I didn't even realize Francesco's here. Mark Hubbard. Seems like a great Mark Hubbard spot. You know, I don't know, I don't know how healthy Mark Hubbard is. He's, he's had a knife fall into his foot and a laptop drop on the same foot in the last two weeks. I had him on the show. I interviewed him a, uh, last week, and uh, he, was, he wasn't feeling great about it. And I haven't dropped the interview yet, but it, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, help, it wasn't feeling great for him. Uh, who knows? He could be better. We'll find out. Maybe we'll drop that in the nut hut on Wednesday night. But you've got him. You've got um, <clears throat> Sepp Straka in here at, at projected around 4%. Your most popular plays in the seven to 7,400 range appear to be Joel Damon, which I see people in the chat asking about. Adam Long is the name that I've seen a lot already on thrown around on Twitter. I talked about him yesterday. He was a first click at 90 to 1 on FanDuel. It was a gross misprice on FanDuel, if you ask me. But clearly, uh, it's translating to the DFS streets as well. He feels like a safe play at 7,400 to make the cut, maybe get hot, make some birdies, and potentially contend. Um, 13% Adam Long feels a little, a little queasy to me. 
But other than mm-hmm. other than like Long and Damon, it looks like anybody in this range could really be a nice pivot. Well, I also expect Cameron Champ probably uh, to be high, if not right near Long on that ownership. Um, Long probably feels like the safer play, but Cam Champ sort of feels like more likely to pop a ceiling, uh, at least historically. For me down here, though, it's probably the uh, it's a boy from your backyard. Isn't uh, Grayson Sig an Augusta guy? He's an Augusta guy. I had his name start. I wanted to talk about him. I'm glad you brought him yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. So that is probably my favorite uh, play here in that um, playing really well. Seven, seven, five in front of seven. Uh, that would be the name that I am most attracted to. That is going to be a name that I am going to, I'm guaranteed to be overexposed on in DFS. Yep. Projected around eight or 9% on fantasy national. So not terrible. He's, he's one of the higher ones in this range, but <clears throat> yeah, I, I definitely agree. He's playing really well. Love that. Um, this could be just, you know, I, I have these guys on the show and then I start to really like them personally. And then I have a hard time, but, I'm excited to see EVR kind of getting back from the injury, also doing well. I guess I'm just talking about a bunch of injury guys, Harris English and, and EVR. How many times has EVR played since he's come he, back? Yeah, he's just, played a handful yeah. of times. Um, he played last week, finished 35th. And I think he played, a, uh, he played a DP World Tour event or two that's not showing up on Fantasy National. But uh, he, he's played at least twice, I know that, with the, uh, with the 35th place finish last week at the Butterfield. So... <clears throat> I mean, EVR, what, what, I guess he won, what did he win? The Barracuda or the Barbasol or something? Uh, it was the Barracuda. The uh, one that was the Stableford, I think okay. he won. All right, that's not, that's not the one I was thinking that he won. But, Maybe uh, he did win the Barb, I don't know. EVR, I like. Um, Byung-Hun Ann's playing well right now. I'm interested with, with him. S.H. Kim down here at 72. Austin Smotherman feels like a safe cut maker who, if yeah. he could ever figure out how to play on the weekend, um, he, he, he's going to win. Like, he just, his weekends are terrible. Absolutely terrible rounds three and four. So those are some names I like, and, and none of those seemingly are carrying a whole lot of ownership at this point, so we could have some leverage. Russell Knox is obviously a guy that gets a lot of talk because of his record here, um, which is fine. I like Knox. Knox <clears throat> yeah. and Smotherman are, uh, would be my more favorable. Okay. Um, Right in front of that seven thousand. There, I agree. Smotherman feels safe. Knox beat the record. Uh, there's just been enough, like just ticks of life that I, I certainly trust rostering him. And the off the tee stats, I feel like shouldn't be less of a concern. Guys like that, you know, who don't hit it far. The off the tee stats, they're atrocious, and they're obviously compounded by these guys go to courses that are so big, and these guys feel like they have to swing out of their shoes. Yeah. And it creates a lot of problems. When they know they can just hit driver and not feel like they have to completely maximize it, I feel like that's a whole different dynamic, which then really allows everything else to uh, take take hold. But, in you know... Am I expecting Russell Knox to win? No. Has no. this place like awarded <clears throat> shitty, shaky putters? Yeah. yeah. But am I still expecting Russell Knox to make the amount of birdies? <laughs> like the lowest Russell Knox can go, I still don't believe could be good, would be low enough. Yeah. Yeah. But I still like him this week. I agree. I, I, I think I talked about him as a top 20 bet yesterday. I think it was like plus 330 as a top 20. It, that would be like some Russell Knox exposure in the betting market for me. Um, so people are asking about Joel Damon, which, you know, a little bit like Andrew Putnam, like Joel's a short hitter, but he could still hit driver here where other guys may be clubbing down. He might actually get some distance advantage on a course like El Camillion when he can do that because he hits so many fairways with driver and a pretty solid record here. And I, I love it when Joel has a little bit of form under his belt, 13th at the Sanderson, 37th at the Shriner, 16th at the Zozo takes a week off or two, and, and here he is. So I like that for Joel. Um, it, it could be a, an interesting spot for him, although, like I said, he, he does appear to be one of the names that's catching some steam in this range along with Adam Long. So just understand that when you're putting lineups together. Uh, it looks like so <clears throat> we got a, a... Did Rose withdraw? That's, I don't know. That happened, right, or no? I have no idea. I haven't... Uh, let's see. Let's see. PGA Communications on Twitter. If you're not following, you need to. Maybe put it on alert. I didn't mind him, but I don't know why I feel like I saw something. 
Uh, I don't see any tweets from. I don't see any tweets from PGA Comms about it. Let me check Rob Bolton. No, no. If it was no, I thought it would have been yesterday. Yeah, I don't see any. Okay, so then I obviously misread something and misspoke. I guess Rose else. is playing a little better, huh? Yeah, this is the exact sort of place where I feel like he would could play well. Yeah. And he's very familiar with these sort of courses. He is um like he lives on the hero course, doesn't he? Yes, the one in the Bahamas. Yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah, and you just put Justin Rose in the fairway. Yeah. I'll take that sort of Justin Rose on a short course. Um okay, I got to reevaluate that cuz I really thought he withdrew. And um, I'm into Rose. Yeah. And he has been showing a lot of life. He's been, I don't know. I don't know whether it's a lot of life or like in the tournaments he's been playing, there's been an insane low round that really gets the attention of TV and me, I guess. I yeah. don't know which one it is. My, maybe my perception is not matching up with reality on that one. God, you know, I don't want to get into this now, but there's a name that I actually haven't thought about. And for some reason, I haven't thought about it that I'm shocked hasn't gone to live. Yeah. Doesn't he feel really like he know. fits the mold? Certainly fits the mold. Yeah. Um, all his boys over there? All of his boys. You may, makes you think he probably turned something down. Because there's no reason to think he wouldn't yeah. have gotten the same offers. Yeah. You know, of the Stenson, the G-Mac, the Sergio. Like, just that. Yeah, you said it. His crew. Wheatley. Yeah. Uh, they're all there. They're all there. So it seems like he consciously is still here. Yep. Um, before we get into the 6K range, a couple of questions here coming in on the chat. Maybe, Jeff, we can just throw some quick thoughts out. Dave is trying to decide between Hostler and S.H. Kim on that last spot. Um, I'm definitely a big S.H. Kim guy. I talked about him before his first start coming out of the Corn Ferry Tour. He's, he's, uh, I think he struggled a little bit last week. Yeah, missed the cut and then a 64th at the C.J. Cup. But um, I like his game his fit maybe a little better here. Hostler's a bomber. He's going to be clubbing down out here a good bit. He is playing, he is in good form. Um, yeah, he's 16th at the Zozo, 25th, Fortinet to start his fall. That's not bad for, for Hostler. Yeah, I guess his ball striking has been horrible the last 24 rounds. Yeah, he's a putting. Like Tita Green is off, but his putting is mm-hmm. fantastic. So, mm-hmm. so, I mean, if he puts, and I'm in- a Hostler guy. I, uh, I've been suckered into some of that, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I get for DFS. I'm not gonna be smirch it. I'm yeah, not gonna, what was the other guy? Kim S H Kim. Yeah, I'd probably lean S H. I, I think I would Kim. too. I think yeah. I would too. Yeah. Uh, what about? Oh, so here's a here's a. They, they, I don't know if Jack is aware of of your affinity for Danny Willett, but. You know, this is not a DraftKings question, but he's got a Danny Willett each way question. Are you ready to fire on that? I might be. And only because I saw a couple people I respect picking him this week, which sort of like, I can always have my arm twisted on Willett. When I see people that I have like respect for who have no bias saying, you know what? Danny Willett's kind of popping. Be right in the Danny Willett wheelhouse. Um, yeah, I'll be in on on Willet. I'll be in on Willet. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's talk six K. Let's talk some of these scrubs down here. Uh, early projections on Fantasy National as of now show you got Kevin Yu, uh, Ben Griffin all around as well, all around like that ten percent, eleven percent range, which would be chalk for the six K player, and then Tyler Duncan after that at around eight or nine percent down there at sixty five hundred. Uh, everybody else open open game. You're going to have pretty low ownership on most of these guys. Who do you think is uh, who's popping for you down here in the six K range that you might dabble with in some DFS? Because you know the the pricing not being quite as soft. That that got to pay got to pay up for the Hovlands and the Schefflers if you want to this week. Not as much as we've seen you know in the fall season so far. So some of these names are going to be pretty valuable to have in your lineups if you want to play those guys. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, certainly. And if you look at, you know, the guys, the past winners here, there's a lot of like poor man's versions of those types of players, if that makes any sense. And you're not, you know, so, you know, that being said, like Doug Gim, it's just nothing but like red right now, which is kind of frustrating because you think that he could, this could be the sort of place that could work for him. Um, 
the Harry Hall, Scott Piercy, I don't hate. And I get, I totally get why Ben Griffin would be the most popular probably under 7K because yeah. at least on Fantasy National, he's got the most hot green or, or the, you know, he's yeah. he's really showing up and in, in where you want to be showing up on this uh on this golf course um he got his tv time on sunday you know for anybody that happened to watch up area in that pay up area in the seven in the six k's i don't mind um brendan Wu if if that works but i know most people are most people are probably you know sitting with less than 6900 as they're trying to fill that final spot based on you know some of the names i really don't want to touch and yeah, the other ranges. Uh, Endicott could be. You know, I don't know if that's just like fanboying, or or even Harry Hall. His job shows an ability to spike at times. This is a, a part of the pool I really don't like playing in. Yeah. I re- I am more of a um, like not a stars and scrubs builder. You're not okay. Yeah, so I I try to not be here. I don't trust myself more than anything. <clears throat> yeah. Sam uh, Ryder showing that life. Though. I was Maybe just about to say Sam. That. I was just about to say Sam Ryder at 68. Um, I don't mind the miscut last week. It's, but he was, he's been playing consistently can play in a birdie contest. You mentioned Brandon Wu. I like, uh, I understand the price, but there, there is some leverage up there with Brandon Wu and, and some upside for sure. CT like, pan at 6,800. He's not, and, He's not doing anything great right now, but he's got a good solid record here. Callum Tarum was like a darling last week. So I I think people like, how can you not go back at this price? Sort of, if you were part of that last week, you know, with that hype, then I think you got to stay on that wagon for at least this week because you know, the form is still pretty strong there. How do you feel about guys? Like I I tend to, try and so my affection for guys like Callum Taron, guys like Aaron Wise, got guys that hit it in a long way and they gain a lot of strokes and distance. Callum Taron bombs it. Um when they get to a course like this, again, distance is always an advantage, but it's less of an advantage, right? He's going to be hitting to similar spots with these guys. He's just going to get there with a different club. I tend to really make myself like hyper aware of that so that I don't get caught up in the same love that I may have for that guy on the majority of other courses on the PJ tour rotation. So like for a course like this, it does make me just caution a little bit about Callum Taron um, because it takes away that weapon, right? It's, it's like, it's like it bridles a guy like think of Cam Young, like Cam Young on this golf course, it's going to bridle him. It's going to hold him back a little bit. So it takes yeah, away a little bit You don't want to bet a guy, you know, well, you want a you want a guy having his strength. Yeah. If you're investing money into him, you don't want to take away what he does best or what separates him most weeks from from the pack. I get that. Part of me wouldn't be shocked. Uh, there is trouble here. Yeah. But but some of these guys might look at that this new golf analytics to maybe I'm stealing a bad word and really just say like I'm going to just try to overpower this place. Yeah. Uh, and I think we're going to see that a bit this week um, from some of the guys that can. Um, and I don't know, maybe they'll be, you know, methodically trying to take angles that it's just n- not even in the equation for most of them. Like that wouldn't shock me one bit if guys like Cam Champ just really tried to unload. And if you are betting them, you don't mind in the sense that, you know, I bet guys that miss the cut all the time. Like I like, yeah. um, you know, you make an outright bet missing the cuts, the same as fourth place. Like if you're doing this one or two things that are going to yeah. try to really be an ultimate differentiator for you, like I, I can get behind that. And I think we're going to see it. I mean that a few of them are going to try to do it. You're going to try to break it. Break, yeah. Break El Chameleon for sure. Yeah. And a lot of these got yeah, and you see the corn these corn fairy grads, you graduate the corn fairy, you essentially have a master's degree in resort courses. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, that's not so to true. say your Scotty Schefflers and your like those guys can obviously obliterate resort courses. Um, just because we don't see them really do it 
just because we don't get to go to as many of them on the PGA Tour, although some would say the PGA Tour goes to too many resort courses. Yeah. These Corn Ferry guys, they know that going low means you got to go lower, and even your best sometimes isn't low enough yeah. on these sorts of layouts. So whatever it takes to try to chase that number. Couldn't agree more there. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good way to look at it. Just a, I'll throw out just a few names quickly that I think we, getting cheaper if you want to dabble. Uh, John Hutt, sixty-seven hundred, has three top twenty-fives here in four attempts, and he's he's shown his finish positions aren't good this fall, but he's had hot rounds. I mean, we've seen you know eight, nine under round from John Hutt. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. He, he so he can put it together. I mean, Danny Lee is incredible here when you look on like data golf at at strokes game versus expectation at this golf course he's second to adam long here he just gets here and really does well he's got a seventh a 26th a runner-up and a 25th in his last four attempts here at el chameleon uh patton kazire is another guy that's done really well at this golf course he's not missed a cut in five years and he won it in 2018 he's 6300 dollars and then max mcgreevy at 6200 our boy brett swedberg on the bag for max we saw Max climb up into a T8 position, I guess, uh, last j- late on Sunday, you know, just kind of holding on, doing his thing. Max likes courses that are precision-oriented, accuracy golf courses where bombing doesn't have to, you know, is, isn't the prerequisite. And he loves these coastal courses. He's kind of one of those Corn Ferry Tour guys that loves these coastal courses. He doesn't show up well on a lot of other tracks, but he can pop in an event like that uh, or like this. And he showed it just last week at the Bermuda, and he's only 6200 bucks. I mean, you know, th- this field is deeper than last week for sure. So I don't want to take too much into a T8 at Bermuda, but a T8 Bermuda, you know, a very similar golf course, similar conditions, just a slightly tougher field. A guy at 6,200, I think is an interesting play. That would probably it be it for me in terms of the picks. I think that's it. You got anything else? Yeah. No, I mean, I do like a couple, I mean, Lee and Kazire obviously, um, show out here for a few, uh, few reasons i don't mind was it aaron badly off the week last the week yeah uh you know he always loves these sorts of um these sorts of events and i just had someone else here where'd that star go i don't know badly where did you leave me uh t dunks ty, Dun- ty duncan yeah yeah t dunks would be the other guy that i don't mind uh you know, you're sort of relying on that off the tee, which would be taken away. But the tee to green has been solid for him, and the ball striking. Talking about making a cut and you know, gar a dumpster diving here. So that's one that I don't hate. Yeah, love it. Um, Jeff, I know we want to talk about some live stuff. What do you say we end this stream and then restart a new one like in the next two minutes? Want to do that? Sounds good. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for watching. May your screens be green. See ya.